Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Billy Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, which is part of the wonderful Believe podcast network. You can see all the shows that Believe has to offer at BLEAV.com. That's Believe, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com. I am your host, Brendan Hedke, and as always, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. And you can follow me there to see all my ramblings during Timberwolves games, ramblings about the NBA, and the occasional tweets about other non-important things. So, on today's episode, I do want to talk about just the Timberwolves overall upcoming schedule, Um, but mostly what I want to center today's show around is the Timberwolves' outlook for the playoffs, the scenarios that they might run into, the tiebreakers they have so far, and pretty much anything that has to do with their chances, their projections, and their ability to sneak into the postseason this year. So to start off today's show, I do want to talk about how the Wolves have been doing as of late. Currently, the Wolves are 22-23. and 23. Um, They got healthy after their whole spat with the coronavirus and all the positive tests and stuff throughout their team. They finally got healthy for their game against the Oklahoma City Thunder on January 5th. They got pretty much the entire rotation back since then. And since then, including that game against the Thunder, the Wolves are 5-3 in their last eight games. And their offensive rating is 117.2 over that span, which ranks third uh, since the 15th, so in the last two and a half weeks. Um, Which, that offensive rating is really, really good. Um, So seeing that happen in eight games is really solid. And then the defensive rating is 110.6, which is 15th in that span. So that like an average defense over that span, but an elite offense over that span, which is kind of what we thought maybe the Wolves like best outcome was this year was to be like an elite offense and an average defense. And as you've heard a million times so far, the, the script has really been flipped this season, right? It's been a really good defense and a subpar offense, especially in the half court. Well, they've been doing a lot better in the last eight games. Um, obviously, that does come with the caveat that that has been against an average schedule. I think the Timberwolves played, let's see, they, over that course, they played OKC once because the, the whole lineup wasn't back for the first one. They also played the Rockets, and they ended up playing against the um, the Pelicans, too. So those are three games that aren't that good. But they also played against the Warriors, though, without Steph and Draymond. And they also played against a couple other teams like... Um, excuse me, like the Hawks and Knicks who are like kind of average-ish teams and then the Grizzlies who are a pretty solid team. So again, over that span, you know, pretty average-ish schedule, okay? Um, So we're not going to like dive deep into like, oh, is this, you know, something or nothing or whatever. I think, you know, the offense playing good against teams that should play good against is, is solid and having, you know, a 5-3 record over that time is is good as well. So we're not going to dive too much into what's already happened, but I do want to talk 
about what's going to happen or what will be happening here in the future. And the first thing I want to look at is the Timberwolves' next six games starting um, on Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets. I'm recording this Saturday afternoon. Um, But the big thing that's been kind of plaguing the Timberwolves is when their defense isn't playing good, they've struggled to outscore opponents and outshoot opponents to win basketball games. Um, So... So far this season, out of their 43 games that they have, excuse me, 45 games that they have played, the Timberwolves have allowed 120 or more points 14 times. And in those 14 games, they are just 2-12. and 12. The two wins that they had were a win over the Rockets, who play absolutely no defense, and then the double overtime game against the Philadelphia 76ers. So they gave up 120 points, but the game was 58 minutes long, so you're going to give up a decent amount of points in that game. So, like, regulation, they've only won one game where the opponent has scored over 120 points, which is not good. Um, You know, it's probably good that they've only allowed 14 games of their opponent scoring that more because in past seasons it would have been much, much, much higher. Um, But you'd hope you could, with this offense, the offensive talent, you'd hope that you could win some of those games, but they just haven't performed to the level that we that we think they should have. Um, so they're 2-12 and 12 in those 14 games. The rest of their 20 wins that they have this season have come against um, opponents that have scored 111 points or less. So 111 points or less for all their other 20 wins. Um, and that's kind of where the problem lies for this team over this next stretch, these next six games that they're, they're heading into. So in their next six games, they are playing the Brooklyn Nets, who have the sixth best offense in the league, the Blazers, who have the 16th best offensive rating in the league, the Warriors, who rank 13th, the Suns, who rank 5th, the Jazz, who have the best offense in the entire league, and then the Nuggets, who have the 14th best offense in the league. And that's where it's going to really come to bite the Timberwolves, I think. So like I said, they when they get outscored, um, and excuse me, not outscored, but when the, the opposition can score, you know, 120 points or more, um, they have a good chance of winning. And really, when they have... The Timberwolves only have two wins when the the team they're playing has more than 111 points. So let's focus on that 111 mark as we talk about these next six games. So the Nets, like I said, they won't have Kevin Durant. So that is one, you know, positive, I guess, going into the game on Sunday. But still, James Harden and then Kyrie Irving will be playing in that game. He has, he's only played in a handful of games so far this season. But he will play in that one because it is at target center. Um, the Nets have averaged nearly 112 points per game. So that means that's over that magic number of 111. So the Timberwolves need to hope that they can slow down that offense or it's going to be a tough one. The Blazers also 108.3 points per game. So they're teetering right around there. The Warriors are at 109.8, the Suns are at 112.5, the Jazz at 114.7, and then the Nuggets at 107.7. So all those teams are close to that number of 111 points per game. That seems to be the cutoff for when the Timberwolves really struggle to, you know, get wins because then they're getting into a shootout scenario where they're trying to outscore the opponent, and and that hasn't been a fruitful thing so far this season. So those six games are going to be a struggle. Um... And like I said, the Wolves are currently 22 and 23. So if you lose all of those games, 
which is a real possibility, you fall to 22-29, and 29, and your season is starting to get a little bit more tense at that moment. So I think, going into those six games, that the Timberwolves should... I think that winning two of those games should be the expectation. Specifically, probably the Nuggets and Blazers games are the most realistic ones, where you look at the Blazers, they just don't play defense at all. Um, the Timberwolves have beat them once so far this season. Their offense is starting to hum really well. Anthony Simons has been playing good. And then the other um, win that you would hope the Timberwolves can get is the, probably the more the most realistic second win would come against the Nuggets, who have Nikola Jokic, who's playing at an unbelievable, unbelievable MVP level. Um, but Towns always seems to play really good against Jokic. The Timberwolves have beat them once already so far this year. And they've snapped that streak of like not have beating them since game 82 in the 2017-18 season. So that's a game that I think you can win if if Cat comes to play against Jokic and and you know the Timberwolves just kind of get a decent rhythm, then I think that's a winnable game. But the problem is in the past, we would say winning two of these six games would be good. Like that's really good. But right now it's time to expect more from this team. Okay, We can't just expect that they go out and get trampled by the good teams if they want to be taken seriously in the Western Conference playoff race. So the Timberwolves have to come out, expect more from themselves, and we as fans have to expect more from them as well. And they should win. We should expect them to go two and four in this in this um, stretch. If not, you know, if not three and three. I think if they go four and two, that is just blowing. You know, that's going to build a lot of confidence in the fan base, but also I think in the team because they see the quality of opponents that they're they're playing and they're playing with. And I think they could win four of these games. They'd have to play really, really well. But I think the Warriors are a beatable team. Steph Curry hasn't been playing super well. I know he just hit a game winner the other night, but he hasn't been playing out of his mind like he was to start the year. Um, The Nets with no Kevin Durant, he always causes trouble. So if you can get lucky and maybe have an off night from James Harden or Kyrie Irving, you can, you know, maybe win that game. The Nets, as of late, haven't been wildly impressive. So that's definitely a game that if the Timberwolves play really well, they could win. They almost beat the Nets earlier in the season with KD and James Harden. And they did not have Carl Anthony Towns. So it is possible that the Timberwolves could potentially win one of these games. But, like I said, they're still the be- they're playing against like the cream of the crop teams among this stretch, right? Especially offensively. So the Wolves are going to have to hope that this third best offense over the last two and a half weeks continues to show up and that the defense plays at a solid level because they cannot afford to get in shootouts because... It hasn't, like I said, it hasn't been a fruitful thing so far this year. That's not to say that they can't do it. Like I said, the offense has been humming lately. They are, their offensive rating over the last eight, I'll say it again, it's 117.4 or 0.2. So that's really, really good. But we know like things fluctuate. You don't hit shots one night and it's game over. But all that's to say, I want to come back to my original point. Two wins over these six, so two and four. Not That's not a great record, but that needs to be at least the expectation. Okay, And I think that the Timberwolves, if they want to prove that they like can actually compete to get out of the play-in but into the top six, they have to win three or four of these games, right? 
Um, so that stretch with those six games is followed by two mini series, one against the Pistons and one against the Kings. So they have two not back to back games um, against the Pistons, but they do have two games against the Pistons and then two games against the Kings. I don't think either of them are back to back. Excuse me. They do have a back-to-back against the Kings on the 8th and 9th, but they play the Pistons on February 3rd and February 6th. So if they could go, you know, 2-4 and against this stretch right here, you know, that six games against the Nets, Blazers, Warriors, Suns, Jazz, and Nuggets, if they go 2-4 and and then they won the next four games against the Pistons and Kings twice each, then you're looking at six and four over the last ten games. You feel pretty good about that. Um, if they go three and three against those, win those next four, then you're looking pretty good. You get a couple games above 500. Right now, again, 22 and 23, you're sitting one game under 500. So that's all to say, like the Wolves, as they've done this year, kind of have been streaking: winning streak, losing streak, win six, lose five, win five, lose six. Like that's kind of how it's been all this year. And we need to stop that pattern. They've started to stop that pattern a little bit. You know, they came back when they got fully healthy. Um, They went on a three-game winning streak after everybody's back. I think it was four games, including the Clippers game, before everyone came back. Then it was a loss to the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Then a win, or two wins in a row, and then a loss to the Hawks. It'd be nice if they could get another win soon to knock, you know, stop these four or five-game winning and losing streaks. Um, I mean, the winning streaks can stay. I don't want to, like, whatever. You know what I mean. Just these losing streaks, they've just been an inconsistent team, but they've been consistent in the fact that they're inconsistent with those winning and losing streaks. So it would be nice to get them a little more, you know, maybe win two, lose one, win two, lose one, things like that would probably benefit their odds of making the playoffs. But moving ahead, um, just talking about the rest of the season as a whole, I'm not going to break down every game, but according to Tankathon, which they just did the math. I could have done the math too, but it's a lot of numbers. I don't want to do it. And I'm sure there's a lot of other places you can find the number. But Tankathon says the Wolves have the 13th hardest schedule remaining. So about league average um, schedule remaining. The, their opponents have a combined winning percentage. For the rest of the season, their opponents have a combined winning percentage of 503. So just over 500. So like pretty much almost exactly an average. Obviously, that's an imperfect number when you factor in health and like COVID losses and all that stuff. But it's just a general idea that they do have about an average schedule remaining for the last 37 games of the year. Um, they have a, the easiest games remaining on their schedule. I just want to talk about those. I The expectation is that you should win all of these eight games that I'm about to talk about. That would be an expectation. Okay, and... You should beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And if you won those eight games, at the very least, you have 30 wins at the end of the year. And you'd have to lose the rest, the other 29 games, but you'd still have 30 wins, okay? Those eight games, you have one against the Magic and one against the Rockets left. You have two against the Thunder, two against the Pistons, and two against the Spurs. I think those are wins that the Timberwolves should have. The expectation would be win all of them, right? For a team that wants to like be in the play-in or the playoffs, you have to win all those games. Um, they obviously have some harder games left, too. They got a couple against the Warriors, I think, left. Maybe just one. A couple against the Suns, the Jazz, the Grizzlies. So you, you got some tougher games remaining on the schedule as well. Um, let's look at the, the playoff outlook and the overall 
you know, odds and projections that people are making. So right now, currently, the Timberwolves sit ninth in the Western Conference with a record of 22-23. and 23. That leaves them just one half game behind the Lakers for seventh. The Lakers are 23-23. and 23. So the Wolves are half a game behind them. They're they're the same amount of games back as the Clippers, but the Clippers have one more win and one more loss than the Timberwolves. They're 23 and 24. So the Wolves are theoretically tied for the eighth seed, but technically the ninth seed because their winning percentage is just a smidge less than the Clippers. But like I said, half a game back from the Lakers who are 500 at 23 and 23. And then the Wolves are a game and a half back from the Nuggets who are the sixth seed. The Nuggets currently are 23-21. and 21. Um, And then the Wolves also are three and a half games back from the five seed. It's looking like the five seed's kind of going to be out of reach. The Mavericks have been playing really well. They currently sit 26-20 and 20 at the fifth spot. But, you know, who knows what could happen? You know, it, anything could happen. But I think for sure still the sixth seed is for sure still attainable. And then the five seed is maybe... A further stretch, and then it looks like the four, the top four seeds are kind of locked up with Utah, um, Memphis, Golden State, and Phoenix. So it's looking like the Timberwolves' realistic ceiling is the five seed, but more than likely the six seed. But still, like I said, there's a lot of season to be left. Almost half the season is still on the schedule. So the other important thing is not just looking. So many times in the past, I feel like we look down. We look at the teams that are behind us. Oh, are they going to pass the Timberwolves? Um, So let's go ahead and do that quickly. They currently, like I said, are ninth, but they have a pretty comfortable, again, three games is very possible, but it's a comfortable lead against the Blazers who aren't playing like their best basketball. Um, Three-game lead over the Blazers, who are 19 and 26, and then they have a five-game lead over the Kings, who are 18 and 29. And then the Pelicans are 17 and 28. The Wolves also have a five-game lead over them. And a five-and-a-half game lead over the Spurs, who are 17 and 29. So the Wolves look pretty comfortable. They'd need two of the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, or Spurs, who are all at least three games back, to pass them to fall out of the play-in. If the Blazers pass them, who are three games behind them, They'd still need one of the Kings, Pelicans, or Spurs, who are all five or five and a half games back, to pass them for them to fall out of the playing spot. So I feel pretty comfortable not looking down at the conference standings anymore this season. I'm looking up, and like I said, the Wolves are a game and a half out of the sixth seed, which would take them completely out of the play-in picture. So let's see what odds makers are projecting them. I just want to talk about two different you know, playoff projections that I found. Um, 538 is the first one. Currently, according to 538, the Wolves have a 72% chance at making the playoffs, which is the seventh best odds in the West that falls behind the Suns, Jazz, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavericks, and Nuggets. That leaves them ahead of the Clippers, who have a 53% chance, according to 538, the Lakers, who have a 29% chance, and the Pelicans, who have a 14% chance to make the playoffs. So the Wolves, like I said, 7th best chance to make the playoffs. Um, now, for this one and for the e- for the ESPN one I'm going to talk about in a second, I'm not sure if the playoff odds mean being a top 8 seed, a top 6 seed, a play-in team, or what exactly they mean. 
but I looked at the odds and just kind of trying to throw the numbers together in my head. I think it's either that they're a top eight seed once the top eight seed once the regular season concludes, or that they make it into the playoffs through the play-in tournament. That's what I'm thinking they mean by odds to make the playoffs. So, like I said, 72% chance according to 538. 538 also projects the Wolves to end the season 42 and 40 which means they would go 20 and 17 in their final 37 games. I think that should be the expectation to go three games over 500 for the rest of the year, 20 and 17 or 21 and 16. But I think the expectation for this Wolves team, like I said before, we're not looking down at the thing. We're three games ahead of the Blazers who are in 10th. The expectation should be to at least, at the very least, get the ninth seed. But I really think we need to raise that expectation to be the 7th or 8th seed. I don't think we can put it on them to be the 6th seed. The Nuggets have somebody playing at an MVP level. Not that it's impossible. Not that I don't think they could get there. But I don't think that should be the expectation. Currently, they are teetering right between 7 and 9. And I think the expectation is that they should beat one of, if not both, the Clippers and Lakers to be the 7th or 8th seed and not the ninth or 10th seed. Let's look at the ESPN projections as well. ESPN uh, gives the Wolves a 74.6% chance to make the playoffs, so a couple percentage points higher than 538 is. And they also project the Wolves to have a 42-40 and 40 record at the end of this season, which again, those are the seventh best odds to make the playoffs according to ESPN, and it would put them as the seventh seed with that 42-40 and 40 record. So ESPN and 538's projection models both have the Timberwolves around the same mark, which I guess is a good thing. Maybe that means it's a little bit more reliable. But we all know that numbers can't do everything. The play on the court has to suffice to get those wins. Um, But yeah, I think the Timberwolves should. It should be the expectation that they are, at very least, in the play-in tournament. So if they do end up the 7th seed, as both models are projecting, that would put the Timberwolves in the play-in tournament. Now... If you don't, if you aren't familiar, the play-in tournament was just installed last year or two. Now I can't even remember if they did it in the bubble or not. It was for sure installed last year because the Grizzlies and Warriors played in it. But how the play-in tournament works? So at the end of the regular season, before the first round of the playoffs, uh, the team that ends the season or end yeah ends the regular season with the seventh best record and the eighth best record, those two teams would play in the 7-8 game in the play-in tournament. The winner of that game would automatically be the 7th seed. Regardless of if you are if you were 7th or 8th, you just whoever wins that gets the 7th seed. Then the loser goes down into a loser's bracket. Now, on the other part of the loser's bracket, the 9 and 10 seeds play the team with the 9th and 10th best records in each conference play. So, say the Timberwolves end well, let me finish this. 9-10 game. Winner of 9-10 game goes to play the loser of the 7-8 game. Then the winner of that becomes the 8th seed. So say that the the four teams that are in the playoff or in the 7 through 10 range at the end of the regular season. We have the 7th seed, we'll say they're the Wolves. We'll say the 8th seed is the Lakers. We'll say the 9th seed is the Clippers. I think it'll be hard for the Clippers to stay up this high, especially if Paul George does um, miss a lot more time. They said he potentially could miss the rest of the regular season. Um, 
and they, you know, I think they just pushed his timetable back a couple of weeks as well. But so say the Clippers are the ninth seed and that the Blazers retain the tenth spot. So what would happen is the Wolves and Lakers would play in that first seven eight game. Say the Wolves win that one, then the Clippers and Blazers play in the nine ten game. Say the Clippers or say the Blazers win that one. So the Wolves automatically they beat the Lakers in the seven eight. They get the seven seed. The Blazers beat the Clippers. The Clippers fall out. They're completely done. They have no more chances. Then the Blazers, who win the 9-10 game, have to play against the Lakers, who lost the 7-8 game. And then the winner of that game goes on to be the 8th seed in the playoffs. Then, if the Timberwolves ended up as a 7th seed, they'd play the 2 seed. At this point in time, the 2 seed is currently the Warriors, um, which would be an interesting matchup. I think the dream scenario would end up being the six seed with the Grizzlies being the three seed because I think that's the best matchup, and I know other people have thought that as well. Um, nothing's a good matchup for the Timberwolves, but that would probably be the best one. All right, now the other thing I want to talk about when it comes to the playoffs is tiebreakers. And if you remember 2017-18 season, the Timberwolves played the Denver Nuggets in the final game of the regular season. And the Timberwolves had a, um, if they won it, they got the eight seed. If the Nuggets won it, they got the eight seed, right? They both came into that game with um, 46 and 35 records. The Wolves won that game to go 47 and 35. They were tied with the Spurs. The Spurs were just one, you know, they had won the tiebreaker that year. So the Spurs got seven, the Wolves got eight. Now that I'm looking back at that, the Wolves were two games from being the three seed. I do not remember it being that close. That's kind of crazy. Anyways, back on topic. So tiebreakers is a big thing, right? So the Spurs got the seven, which put them against um, the Warriors. Obviously, they still lost. But tiebreakers are a big thing in the NBA. And the Timberwolves, I just kind of want to check in on where they're doing with the tiebreakers if it comes to that point with like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Blazers. Those are the teams that... It seems like the Wolves will be in the battle for the 7, 8, and 9 seeds for. Um, so, and maybe we'll throw the Nuggets in there too. They could be the 6 seed. The Wolves try and battle them for the 6 seed. So, tiebreakers. Um, the Timberwolves play the Lakers four times this season. They are, so far, 2-1 and one against the Lakers. The only game they lost was the game that Carl Anthony Towns missed due to the... Um, coronavirus you know he tested positive so that game there was no d'angelo russell no carl anthony towns and the wolves lost by five because they got outscored in the fourth quarter by seven points um so currently the timberwolves are two and one so they own the tiebreaker as of now if the um timberwolves win the next game they automatically win the tiebreaker for those two teams so say the timberwolves are tied with the lakers at the end of the season record wise and the wolves win their next game against each other on March 16th, then the Wolves automatically would be the higher seed over the Lakers. If they split and the Lakers win the next one, but they both end up with the same record, then um, if one of the teams is leading their division, then they would um, end up being the, the higher seed. Now, the Timberwolves and the Lakers both will not end up leading their division. The Warriors are in the the Lakers division and the Jazz are in the the Timberwolves division. So that's not going to happen. 
Then it goes to division win-loss percentage. Um, only if teams are in the same division. They are not, so that won't matter. Then it'd be the conference. So whoever's played better against the Western Conference. So um, I'm not going to like dive into the numbers of how that looks right now. But just know if the Timberwolves win this next game, they automatically would be the higher seed over the Lakers as long as their record is tied or better. The next one's the Clippers. The Wolves already lost that one. They've played them four times this season. They are just one and three. In those, they lost the first three, and then they just won their last one a couple weeks ago. Against the Nuggets, the Timberwolves are currently 1-1. One and one. They lost right at the beginning of the season, and then they beat the Nuggets also a few weeks ago. Um, so they're currently 1-1. One and one. They play two more times. That would be February 1st and April 1st. So say, again, the Wolves and Nuggets end up with the same record at the end of the season, and they split the season series 2-2, you would go to the tiebreaker procedure. Now, the Timberwolves and Nuggets are both in the division. So if they, obviously, neither would be leading the division because the Jazz are in there. So then it would go down to the division win-loss percentage. You know, who's been performing better against the players within their own division, or the teams within their own division. And the Timberwolves division is the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Wolves, the Blazers, and the now I'm trying to think, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So whoever's playing better against those teams, whoever has the best win percentage would get it. If that doesn't happen, then it goes to Western Conference win-loss percentage. Somehow, if that is the same, then it goes to win-loss percentage against Western Conference playoff teams. And then it goes, if that's somehow the same, then it goes to winning percentage against Eastern Conference playoff teams. And if that is all somehow the same, then the better result of total points scored versus allowed, so pretty much point differential, would do it. So a lot could happen. With the Timberwolves and Nuggets, if they potentially ended up with the same record and they both were tied, it could go pretty deep considering they're in the same division. But let's just hope that the record's better than the Nuggets at the end of the season or that they win the two next games and they have the tiebreaker one if they need it. The final tiebreaker is against the Blazers, Currently, the Timberwolves are 1-0 against the Blazers. They play them again this coming Tuesday, which would be January 25th. Um, then they also play them on March 5th and March 7th in a little mini-series. So if the Wolves can win two of those final three games, they would have that tiebreaker. So it is nice to see that the Wolves have an advantage or are tied in three of the four tiebreakers that probably will mean the most at the end of the season. And the one they have lost already is against the Clippers, who theoretically missing their two best players in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George could possibly fall down the uh, the leaderboard in the Western Conference. But the Clippers are, they've been 4-6 and six in the last 10 games, and we don't really know if and when Paul George will come back this season. So, but those are the tiebreakers for the, the four teams, so I just wanted to go through those. Um, the Timberwolves still have a chance to win three out of the four. The last thing I want to touch on, I don't really want to touch on it too long, but I think it is important to note, um, the trade deadline is two and a half weeks away. I'll probably do another podcast soon, more diving into like trade targets and things like that. But it's two and a half weeks away. It is on uh, February 10th. I still think the Wolves need to target a big that can be a good defensive rebounder because that's where they lack more. They're a good offensive rebounding team, but not a good defensive rebounding team. So I think that is important. And that same big should provide some traditional rim protection. Even if it's in a smaller role, we don't need a Miles Turner I'm not saying I'm against Miles Turner, but if you, the assets don't line up, just get me somebody who can provide some defense and some defensive rebounding. 
Um, doesn't have to be, you know, a great shooter. I just want a good rebounder and a good rim protector. Not even in a big role. 10, 15 minutes a game, right? To play, you know, maybe some games that guy doesn't play at all. Some games Nas Reed doesn't play at all. I don't know. Maybe this guy can play the four a little bit too, depending. But give me a big body guy to rebound and protect the rim. That's been the Wolves' biggest weakness on defense this year. And I'd like to shore that up a little bit at the trade deadline. The other thing I want to talk about is Paul Millsap. This, you know, obviously relates to the trade deadline. Now, Paul Millsap is old. He actually turns 37 years old on the trade deadline, February 10th. Um, But his role is a lot smaller in Brooklyn than he thought it was going to be when he signed there this offseason. He had previously spent the last four seasons in Denver and played a pretty big role there. He was kind of like the Jared Vanderbilt um, for the Nuggets team, for what Minnesota has right now in Vanderbilt. Um, But So it looks like Millsap and the Nets talked. The Nets agreed to try and find a place for him to have a bigger role. Um, He's only played in 24 of the the Nets games so far this season. He hasn't started any of them. He's averaging only like three points, um, three rebounds, one assist. Not shooting that great, but his role is so small, only 11 minutes per game in the games that he has played. It's hard to find a rhythm like that. Last season, he was somewhat productive playing for Denver, nine points. Four and a half rebounds. Um, shot the ball better than he is this season. So I don't know how much gas he has in the tank, but I think it is important to mention that the Wolves have always kind of been linked to Paul Millsap, whether it's in free agency or when like somebody's about to trade him. He seems to always pop up on the Wolves' radar, and I think that's important to note right now. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota took a look at the asking price for him. I don't think it's going to be a ton. Um but I, you know, maybe Paul Millsap can drop his bags off um, when he gets to Minnesota on Sunday and just stay here. I doubt they trade for him, but it is something maybe to keep an eye on. But again, I don't know. With Sachin Gupta, he's never been linked to Paul Millsap. It was the last couple regimes that have. Um, but yeah, I just figured that was something worth throwing out there. But other than that, the Timberwolves, like I said, they do play tomorrow, Sunday, January 23rd, against the Nets. And then after that, the next game's against the Blazers on Tuesday, Warriors Thursday, Suns Friday, and then back home against the Jazz and Nuggets um, next Sunday and then the following Tuesday. So those six games, hopefully the Wolves can go 4-2. and two. I'm being optimistic, but seriously, we need to expect them to win two games. But other than that, thank you all for listening to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Hedke, once again. Follow me on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and I will be back soon. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.